You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One of these, right? One of those meltdowns, one of those instant reactions where I look at it as therapy. Well, we've hit that, ladies and gentlemen. The 2021 New York Mets season has hit that panic city moment in what may go down as the worst day of the season, as a day in which everything turned in the wrong direction. This game sucked. I mean, it didn't feel that way for the first three hours. Tyler McGill continues to be great. He's pitching through trouble after he gives up that leadoff double to Adam Frazier. He pitches in and out of trouble, even when his defense doesn't back him up. Tyler McGill was tremendous in this game. The Met offense continued to suck with runners in scoring position. But here's J.D. Davis, who, by the way, the Mets can't stand. Here's J.D. Davis, who Sandy Alderson can't wait to replace hitting two bombs of home runs. The two-run bomb in the fourth, the two-run bomb to the opposite field in the sixth. You pile on a little bit of insurance. And even after Seth Lugo crapped the bed in the eighth inning, Brandon Nimmo responds with that insurance home run in the ninth inning. And I am such a naive little bastard that I thought we got this. A little bit of a scare, a little bit of a concern that Seth Lugo was as bad as he was in the eighth inning, but Edwin Diaz is going to bounce back. Remember what he said after the Sunday game, the final game before the All-Star break? He said, I flushed it already. I already forgot about it. He couldn't wait to get back on the freaking mound and show us that, hey, first half Edwin Diaz in save situations, Nothing to worry about. Remember that game against the Brewers puts the first two guys on base. I even said on the air the next day, I said I was never worried because I was naive. And I was right for that game against the Brewers. Diaz got three big outs in a row. Mets won. Diaz survived. Here we go. This reeks of 2019. Everything about this game, everything about the way they blew it, everything reeks of how horrific it was dealing with those painful losses from 2019. And I'll tell you the game. This is the national game. This is that national game in September where they blew a huge lead in the ninth. I know the lead was two in the ninth, and blowing a two-run lead in the ninth inning is not obscene by any stretch. But you're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. You're up 6 nothing. You've overcome the fact that you can't buy a big hit. Because let's face it, they had one hit with runners in scoring position in this game on Saturday night. And that's backing up the pathetic performance we saw Friday where they were 0 for 12. But hey, you overcome it because J.D. Davis, the guy the Mets can't stand, hit a couple of two-run homers because Brandon Nimmo supplied big-time insurance. And Edwin Diaz imploded. 
Edwin Diaz imploded. Now, the sucker that I am, even after he hits Cabrian, uh, K- 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 Brian Hayes, Key Brian Hayes, my apologies, even after he walks Brian Reynolds, he showed me why I had confidence in him. Strikes out Ben Gamble. Sure, he gives up the him to uh, the infield hit to Nagowski, but that beautiful battle with Gregory Polanco, which is everything that's great about baseball, this battle, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, and then he paints the outside corner and strikes him out. I take a deep breath, and we all think, we got this. And then Jacob freaking Stallings hits a fly ball to the left, and then Diaz pulled a ropeless. Because, look, much like the broadcasters, we're all watching this on TV. All right? We're not in Pittsburgh, unless you're actually listening to this podcast after you went to PNC Park. And if that's the case, go get drunk, all right? Or go get brunch if you're listening to this Sunday morning. Don't listen to this crap. But Edwin Diaz, first pitch to Stallings, does the point in the air. I got it. Hey, look, it's a fly ball. Hey, are you watching Edwin? Because off the bat, I didn't think it was a fly ball. Off the bat, I had a good idea where it was going. And Kevin Pillar was all of us. Kevin Pillar represented every Met fan, how he desperately, and that's the word I would use, desperately throws his body into the left field seats thinking, maybe I can pull off a miracle. And then Gary Thorne, not to blame him, or I'm not getting on Gary Thorne, but he gives us that, Wait a second. Did he catch it? No, he didn't catch it. What an absolutely brutal kick in the balls this game was. This was the definition of a kick in the balls. This was everything we saw in 2019. And this year hasn't felt like that. Sure, there have been some bad losses, but nothing like this. Even the final game before the All-Star break doesn't feel like this. And the last game before the All-Star break, I had to say it, with this team now on a three-game losing streak, all to the Pittsburgh Pirates, that loss before the All-Star break, that could be that game. You know, the game that we refer back to many years from now and say that's what sunk the season? Because it really has. They lose that awful game. The first game out of the All-Star break was just, I mean offensively pathetic. I know that should have nothing to do with the way they lost the final game before the break, but one of the more pathetic clutch performances you'll ever see up and down the lineup outside of Pete Alonzo because he got on base every time he was up, but up and down the lineup two on nobody out. Chad cool. Can't throw a pitch over the strike zone. No big deal. We'll fly out on the second pitch. We'll hit a little tapper back to the mound. I mean, it was just the definition of a pathetic offensive performance. But tonight felt like a win. Tonight felt like a bounce back. And it was going to really feel good considering the injury news, which I haven't even touched yet. I'll get to that in a minute. And instead, I know they're in first place. I get it. We say it all the time. They're still in first place. It's two and a half games on the Phillies. They had their game suspended. It's three on the Braves. It's five and a half on the Nationals who can't get out of their own way. But it's time to panic. It's time to panic on a few levels. All right. You want me to make you the list of reasons why we should panic? All right. Number one, can we trust Edwin Diaz? Remember, that was a big thing we were all worried about coming into this season. We put it out of our mind. 
Because in save situations, Edwin Diaz, for the most part, has been really good. Well, now he has back-to-back blown saves. And granted, even the great closers like Mariano Rivera have spots where they struggle. With Edwin Diaz, you fear, oh my God, he's going to lose it. This is going to be 2019 all over again. I know I've mentioned 2019 a few times because 2019 gives me nightmares. It should give Edwin Diaz nightmares, and it gives me as a Met fan nightmares. So number one, I'm worried about Edwin Diaz. Number two, I'll throw in, I guess I should be worried about Seth Lugo. I mean, the guy gave up five runs and got two outs, and Lugo doesn't fit what I'm about to say, but it is a very overworked bullpen. Aaron Loop has pitched a ton. Trevor May has thrown a lot. He's been mediocre over the last month and a half. Same with Miguel Castro. All of a sudden, you know, you look at the Met bullpen and you say to yourself, other than Aaron Loop, who, are you, who do you trust right now? So number one, the bullpen. And number two, yeah, they still can't get a big hit. I know today was a nice little band-aid with the way J.D. Davis played, and maybe J.D. will be that spark they're looking for. But this is a problem that's not only been a problem all year. I mean, they are averaging a little over three and a half runs per game. This was a problem last year. So number one, and this is not in any kind of order. I'm just doing dramatic effect because I haven't gotten to the injuries yet. You can't trust Edwin Diaz. He's out of the circle of trust. How the hell can you trust him after he kicked us all in the balls tonight against the Pittsburgh freaking Pirates and Jacob Stallings is hitting a game-winning grand slam? You've got an offense that still can't buy a big hit, and now you've got injuries to worry about. Let's start with Jake. Look, I don't know what the hell is going on with Jacob DeGrom, and I've said this over and over again. It's not even opinion. It's just stating a fact because it scares me. It doesn't feel normal that Jacob DeGrom throws 101 miles an hour. I love it. It's great. He's dominant. He's the best pitcher in baseball when he pitches, but it doesn't feel normal. And you know what? Every week, every 10 days, there's something physically wrong with Jake. Now, I don't buy what Craig says that he's a hypochondriac. I'm not going with that. I do think he's particular about his body, which isn't a bad thing. If you feel soreness, you should say something. I get that. But this guy has had five different injuries in how many months has this season been? April, May, June, July? In four months. He's averaging 1.5 different body part hurting per month. Now, it's great that he has no structural damage. That's fantastic. But when's he going to pitch again? Every start he makes is precious. That's why I made a big deal with Luis Rojas and with Craig. Hey, you got to maximize the times Jacob DeGrom is out there. There was a chance for him to make 16 starts in for the second half of the year. And obviously, that was based on no rainouts, which, I mean, check out the Yankee game tonight. Obviously, the rain's an issue. And number two, but really number one, him staying healthy. He hasn't even made a start yet in the second half of the year, and he's not healthy. Now, as far as what did Luis Rojas know and when, do I feel like he lied to us during the interview? I don't think he ever lied to us because I never asked him point blank, is Jacob DeGrom hurt? Because why would I? I wasn't even concerned that he didn't pitch on Sunday. As much as I wanted him to pitch on Sunday before the All-Star game, I just figured, all right, they're being extra cautious. Same reason he didn't go to the All-Star game. So I didn't say, hey, Luis, is uh, Jacob 
battling something else. But the truth is, from here on out, every time Louis, Luis Rojas is on with us, I should ask him if Jake's healthy. Every time. I should say, is Jake healthy? Anything wrong with Jake? And as we sit here today, they don't know when he's going to make his next start. I don't know when he's going to make his next start. And even if he does make his next start, you can no longer rely on the fact that he's going to make his start after that five days from now. So what else would I be panicking about as a Met fan like I am right now? Who the hell is going to start every five days? Because right now, when you look at this rotation, you trust Taiwan Walker. He's an all-star and he deserved it. You actually are starting to trust Tyler McGill, who's been great. Uh, for what he's been asked to do, including what's going to be forgotten about in this game. He threw six scoreless innings. Marcus Stroman's been mediocre since he's uh, come back from the hip injury. So I don't know which Marcus Stroman we're going to see. David Peterson sucked, plus he's hurt. DeGrom is a major question mark. Thank goodness Carlos Carrasco's been throwing rehab starts. They need help. And here's what's crazy. Because we're a few weeks away from the deadline. Yeah, less than a few weeks. We are a week and a half from the trade deadline. They need a lot of things. And they're not chasing. They're not eight games out. They're not the Yankees. They're in first place. And because the, all of these other teams are so flawed, the Phillies, the Braves, the Nationals, and give the Braves credit, they're trying. They've gone out and made moves the last few days. Not that Jock Peterson and Steven Vogt are the greatest things in the world, but they're making an effort. I look at the Mets right now and I say, we need a lot. I think they need to add another starting pitcher. I think they need to add another arm out of the bullpen. And with all of that said, their biggest problem over the course of the first 89 games is they can't score runs. So look, you can sit back and say, J.D. Davis is healthy. Michael Conforto will get hot. Nimmo's healthy. Even without Francisco Lindor, they'll hit. They'll be a good offense. But don't you feel like, go get me another bat? But here's the problem with the bat question. If J.D. Davis is this freaking good, and let's not forget, J.D. was hitting 380 before he went on the injured list, and he hits two home runs in this game, even though Luis didn't want to play him in his first game back from the I.L. Where are you getting a bat to play? So that gets us to Lindor. So Francisco Lindor deals with this oblique injury. And I got to be perfectly honest with you. It sucks. It was disappointing. It looked like Lindor was getting hot. I wasn't devastated. And that doesn't mean I'm, I'm happy he's hurt because that's not true. Um, I, I like him to be healthy. In fact, I just traded for him in fantasy. So I'm, I had confidence. I was bullish that Lindor was going to have a big second half. But what I meant by I wasn't devastated was I think they were equipped to deal with it. Jonathan VR, Luis Guillerme, even Jose Peraza. These are guys that have stepped up over the last few months. And now you're going to ask him to step up again. And you saw it with Luis. Luis Guillerme is an excellent defensive shortstop. None of those guys are Lindor. No one's pretending that he is, even though, I mean, Jonathan VR has, <laughs> I think, almost as many home runs as Francisco. Nah, he's trailing him by a little bit. But I think they can deal with the Lindor injury. And by the way, he's going to be out for a while. I mean, oblique injury, it's going to be out for a while. So yeah, am I open now to trading for one of the shortstops, playing them at shortstop, and then moving them potentially to third base uh, when Lindor is healthy? Why the hell not? You want to talk about Trevor's story? Fine. You want to talk about Javier Baez? Fine. The problem is 
those guys are going to be so freaking expensive and they're rentals. I mean, they really are, unless you're going to convince Trevor Story to become a long-term third baseman. And if we're doing that, it gets back to J.D. Davis. Why are the Mets in such a rush to throw J.D. Davis out? The guy can hit. I've mentioned 2019 a lot so far, mostly in a negative way. How about what J.D. Davis was in 2019? I know he's not the greatest third baseman defensively, but look, you've got guys that can come in late, just like you've got guys that can come in late for Dom Smith in left field. So it's weird because, yes, they could use a bat, sure. But where? For what position? So in this emotional moment that I'm in right now as a Met fan, I lean towards go get me another reliever and go get me a starter. That's how I lean right now. And why wouldn't I? They just blew a 6 nothing freaking lead against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And nobody can trust Edwin Diaz. And by the way, if you go get Craig Kimbrell, I'm sorry, Edwin, he ain't pitching the ninth inning. Newsflash, not happening. And I don't want to hear all oh, they're going to lose him. Lose him? I mean, over the course of the two and a half years he's been here, all right, I know he was fine last year and he had a good first half. I get all that. I've watched every pitch. Do we really trust him? He lost that trust tonight. He lost that freaking trust when he's got a lead against the Pirates for the second straight game, and for the second straight game, he threw up all over himself. So first place or not, and yes, I'd rather be in first than not, I don't know how the hell you're not worried after this garbage. I don't know how the hell you're not hitting a panic button. Now, granted, I'm recording this at 12.30 in the morning. So maybe I get a night's sleep. My brain will be straightened out. I I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't really care. In this moment, I am very, very worried. And in this moment, this is one of the worst days as a Met fan we've had in a while. We've had a lot of good days over the last year. Steve Cohen buys the team, trade for Francisco Lindor, battling all the injuries in the first half of the season to be in first place. And think about what we've witnessed in a little over 24 hours. Lindor oblique, new injury for Jacob deGrom, and lose for the third straight time against the Pirates by blowing a 6 Nothing lead in the eighth inning. A seven to five lead in the ninth inning. And watch Edwin Diaz tease us by striking out Gregory Polanco with the bases loaded and then giving up a grand slam on a walk-off to Jacob Stallings. What a sucky night. I mean, overall, personally, I had a nice night. Me and my wife had a date night. We went to Brooklyn, went to a brand new restaurant that's packed. Basically, you can't get a reservation there. We were on a waiting list. And you know what's cool about this restaurant? There's no menu. Now, you don't order anything. They come to you as a surprise with five meals. Not five meals, but five courses to their meal. And you have no idea what it's going to be. And it was great. Had a couple of drinks. Came home. Romantic evening. Hey, baby, I'm going to go watch some Met baseball. And I got my feet up and I'm feeling good and... Here's J.D. Davis hitting a two-run homer once. J.D. Davis hitting a two-run homer twice. By the way, J.D. on my fantasy team. Didn't play him. Who cares? I'm happy. Doesn't matter. What a great night. Despite the concerns about Jake, despite my nervousness about Jake, it's going to be a nice night. Get a victory. And then the last 30 minutes of this game happened. Absolutely sucked. Hopefully they can salvage the finale. Hopefully Jacob DeGrom's all right, and hopefully I get a good night's sleep.
This has been an instant reaction. The Mets collapse in Pittsburgh edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.